0: The Green Bay Packers got a 33-30 to win on Christmas Eve, but it wasn't because anything changed about this Packers defense. In fact, if anything, it looked just as bad, if not worse. Luckily, Aaron Jones returned in full force, and Jordan Love was great despite everything around him being a mess. We're live on YouTube to talk about a Packers win that feels bittersweet even on Christmas
1: you are locked on Packers your daily Green Bay Packers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
0: Thanks to everyone who makes Lockdown Packers your first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Holidays, all the good stuff out there. I, I want to start with the Merry, Merry because the Berry, Berry is pretty
1: bad. There were 18 seconds left.
0: The game should be over. Now I understand. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they they faced off in an epic game and in a similar circumstance, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey put together an improbable scoring drive. Two plays, 44 yards, and if it weren't for one second difference, the Packers might have been playing overtime against the worst offense in football. They give up 30 points, the most that the Panthers had given up or had scored all season and by like a full field goal. 8.1 yards per play. That is enough. That 8.1 yards per play is enough to say in that moment, this cannot continue. It is a fireable offense. No one in the A-gap on fourth and one when you had a players-only meeting this week to clear the air. The players said it was important. The coaches said, nah, which is troubling. When Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry said, eh, it wasn't that big a deal. Now, maybe that's not, maybe they didn't mean that. Maybe in their heart of hearts, they knew it was important. No one in
1: the A-gap this week, a fireable offense.
0: This, this cannot continue anymore. And I don't, the excuses do not move me. The, well, they don't have a person. We've talked about this. That is not an excuse. If anything, it is ammunition. It is more of a reason to get this done, to move on. And, and here's the most important part, frankly. Two games to win and the Packers have a really, really, really good chance to make the playoffs. Joe Barry for, if you fire him now, or you fire him at the end of the season is not going to be a part of this team next year. The fans will riot. This is when like Packers PR is going to have to step in and go, Matt, if you don't want to fire Joe Barry tough, you gotta like, they're not really literally going to do that, but there might be pressure from Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy in a way that there wouldn't otherwise be. It has to just be done. But if Joe Barry is not going to be a part of your future, and he's not, then there's no reason to to put this charade forth anymore. And you're now giving yourself, if you do move on, you give yourself a chance to get that dead cat bounce that often comes after you fire a coach. And maybe, just maybe, they'll be a little bit better. If they're any worse, okay, then you know whoever this other coach is is not part of your future either probably whoever they they would promote and you're probably going to clean house at the end of the season anyway. So what is the what is the harm other than now because you didn't do it last week Matt you have to do it on Christmas.
1: That's that's a
0: you problem. But this can't this can't happen anymore. yards per play against the worst offense in the league. Bryce Young can't get to 200 yards passing, and they gave up 312 yards passing, a 113 pass rating, two touchdowns, almost nine yards per attempt to Bryce Young, who's been the worst quarterback in the league this season. They didn't do anything to speed up his his clock. Early in the game, they they were getting pressure, and he was throwing high on everything. And then they stopped blitzing. They started rushing for... They, they started in that, in that 8 yards, 10 yards off, and things just got progressively worse. This was almost the second game to a trash quarterback that the Packers blew a 14-point fourth-quarter league. Almost. Desmond Ritter did it to them in Atlanta, and that game right now is the difference between them being no doubt into the playoffs and no doubt out, or at least right now out. And you almost did it to Bryce Young. And the Packers scored 10 points in the fourth quarter. It wasn't like they didn't score. They scored in the fourth quarter. But Joe Barry and this defense could not get a stop to save their lives. They can't do anything. And you get Jair Alexander back. I don't know why there isn't a platoon with Carrington Valentine. Eric Stokes, clearly not 100%. But you have Jair Alexander. He was able to play the whole game. He's losing. It's 3rd and 12. You get a 17-yard inbreaker to DJ Chark. DJ Chark is the guy that beat them. Six catches, 98 yards, including the ridiculous catch on, on Keyshawn Nixon. That was an incredible play. NFL player, all that stuff. But this is Jair Alexander losing reps. You had Eric Stokes, who still doesn't look 100%. This is his second game back. You've been getting good play from Carrington Valentine. You're platooning the left tackle, or you were. Now Rashid Walker just looks like the left tackle. You're still platooning that right guard. Now I know you're trying to find a starter. But you know Carrington Valentine can play. You know he's a nice player. So why not give him the opportunity? There were multiple fourth downs in this game where Rashawn Gary was not on the field. There was a fourth down early in the game when neither Rashawn Gary nor Preston Smith we're in the game. Like, come on. This is one play. If they get it, take them out. But fourth downs, they're too high leverage for you not to have your best players on the field. This is, this is not, oh, I made a boo-boo with a play call. This is structural foundational stuff that is broken with this team. And you can't tell me, and I understand any, any excuses you want to make about the talent not being really as good like Jar Alexander in man coverage did not make plays. Eric Stokes in man coverage did not make plays but that's not an excuse to then go play soft and off. You keep giving them opportunities. You play man coverage long enough you're going to get beat. That's just the nature of it. These guys are too good at the NFL level. They're all professionals. You just have to understand that's part of the deal. You are hurting your team by allowing this to continue. By allowing a level of coaching, and I, 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 I want to attribute it correctly, but I think it, it was Christian Watson's dad, who's a former NFL player, said all of this accountability for the players within an organization, never for the coaches. This is not to the standard that the Packers have set. If Joe Barry were a player, he would be benched. Now, I didn't I did not find persuasive the article that, that said, oh, well, you know, it would be nice to have Matt Patricia come in and call your defense. No, it wouldn't I don't want Matt Patricia calling my defense either. It just turns out Sean Design, not the guy that the, the Eagles replaced two two coordinators with two materially worse coordinators. Like they got much worse from stage Shark into Brian Johnson. Brian Johnson, a a candidate, by the way, for the Packers offensive coordinator job before they elevated Adam Stenovich. it's the, it's the kind of thing and I believe even the first time around before they they hired Nathaniel Hackett you are you are sending a message to your team that this is good enough, even though last week you said in front of God and everybody it wasn't good enough.
1: This cannot continue if you want to be a playoff
0: team, you have to set the standard. Joe Barry has not coached to the standard that you were trying to set in Green Bay and therefore, irrespective of any other questions or issues you might have with who's the next guy up. This has to be over with Joe Barry. I promise we will not just talk about Joe Barry this entire show. I want to talk about Jordan Love. I want to talk about Aaron Jones. I want to talk about Tucker Craft and all of the incredible players that the Packers have put together on this team despite all of the injuries. We're going to do that in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Jordan Love is yet to play with a full complement of skill talent. He is yet to play with a healthy offensive skill group. And yet, in this game, He goes 17 of 28 for 219 and and two touchdowns. Not the highest yardage total, but it didn't really need to be. That's a 109 QB rating. And made the throw, the plays that he needed to make. Third and four, you get the bomb to Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs makes a great play. And by the way, I don't want to hear about the officials, the close calls, any of that stuff. It's nonsense. It's nonsense.
1: It was a catch. He caught it,
0: he landed, and then he rolled over out of bounds and the ball came a little bit loose. He was down. This is not a referee thing. The Packers did not win this game because of the calls. They won this game because they played really, really well on offense. Really over seven yards per play on offense. This is not an all-world defense by any means. It's a really bad run defense. Well, they took advantage of a really bad run defense. Aaron Jones, 21 carries for 127. That's a six-yard per carry average. Had a 40-yard run in this game. This offense can be so good with Aaron Jones. We've seen it. The best versions of this offense have been when Aaron Jones has been something close to fully healthy. The Bears game in week one, they score 38. The Rams game, a couple weeks ago, six, eight weeks ago. Now, they only scored 20 in that game, but they also had some red zone issues, some weirdness. That game, they easily could have scored 30-plus and didn't. Some drops in that game as well. And this game, where you get 33. He wasn't even a factor in the passing game. And that's the thing that I think is so remarkable is he can elevate this team just as a runner. He can elevate this team just as a receiver. And he can elevate this team doing both. He only needed to do one of those things today. And that is... That is what stands out to me. That is what stands out to me. No Christian Watson. No Luke Musgrave. No David Bakhtiari. A.J. Dillon nodded 100%. You got a platoon with your right guard and you got a seventh-round pick, second-year player playing left tackle for David Bakhtiari. And you score 33 points against anybody. The only other teams that have scored 33 points against this Panthers team The Cowboys, the Lions, and the Dolphins. So yes, this is a bad team, but only the really, really good teams have done to the Panthers what the Packers did. I I just need you to understand that for a second. So for Jordan Love, and you can see it, like, yes, Romeo Dobbs on that deep ball, he made that look like a better throw than it was. But just to have the stones to even attempt That one. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. The touchdown to Dontavian Wicks. This is such a good example. It's such a good example of Jordan Love's development. Because he broke the pocket. And it was a third and eight. He had room to pick up the first down. Could have picked up the first down. There was room for him to run. He broke the pocket. Saw he had... The whole world in front of him could have practically crawled to the first down. So he throttles down a little bit. He settles. He doesn't panic. And he finds Dontavian Wicks a terrific throw on another third down. Third and, I think it was third and eight, third and nine. Pressure off his left side. He fades to his right rather than step up. I think probably could have stepped up, but fades to his right and throws a dart to Bo Melton who goes down to the ground and makes a catch for a crucial conversion. He is going to make, even when he's not, as as, uh, Smiling Solution in the chat pointed out, the throw to Tucker Kraft between two defenders that Kraft makes an incredible play on. It's a perfect throw that he guns in there. Kraft makes the play, rumble down, and that makes the field goal ultimately nothing more than really a chip shot field goal. That's the development from Jordan Love. That's the development from Jordan Love that you want to see. And when you go back, Jordan Love did this against the Giants. They lost that game, but he went down the
1: field and they scored the go-ahead points the defense couldn't hold it.
0: It almost happened again. It almost happened again. Pretty brutal stuff for it almost to happen again in a game that he played once again well, and certainly well enough to win. Certainly well enough to win. I just want to give you his last two months by passer rating, okay? 109, 111.5 against the Giants, did not play well, 76.7, but again, the go-ahead touchdown in the final minutes against the Chiefs, 118.6, 125.5, 108.5, 71.8 against Pittsburgh, 115.5. That's two months of Jordan Love as basically a hundred or better passer rating passer. This, we asked after a number of games this season, is this just who he is now? The answer is yes. This is who he is. And, And you know what I love to see is since that Pittsburgh game, one. Interception. One interception. He now has 30 total touchdowns this season
1: and 11 interceptions.
0: That is how you play productive quarterback in the NFL. We had Mike Sando on, on Friday. If you missed that one, go check it out. Go read the article that he wrote. Really good stuff. But Jordan Love is your guy. He is your franchise quarterback to do what he has done, throwing to Bo Melton and Romeo Dobbs and Tucker Craft and Malik Heath, who doesn't even did he even get a target in this game? You are having to ham and egg the crap out of this because you don't have your guys and to get this kind of performance out of Jordan Love is is speaks to you lose Dontavian Wicks during the game, and it was so it was so funny. He threw a little swing on, a, on an RPO swing to Samori Toure, put it right on Samori Toure's hands. He dropped it, and and Robert Smith, former Vikings running back, goes, "Well, that's just, that's just the nuances of the game for Jordan Love. It's like he dropped it. What are you talking about? That was an on-target throw, and not every throw was on-target. Even some of the catches, guys had to go up and make them. But he 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 controlled the whole game, made every right play, and did not. I said." On our our crossover, if the Packers don't turn the ball over, I don't think the, the Panthers can score enough to win. Well, I guess I was right. Technically, I was right about that. I did not think if the Packers were... If, you, if you'd have told me before the game the Packers were 33, I would have said, okay, the Packers win by two touchdowns.
1: They should have. They should have. But they didn't.
0: They didn't. They didn't. And you you could talk about the the hail mary. I, I made the joke on Twitter of all the things that he learned from Aaron Rodgers, and he learned plenty from Aaron Rodgers.
1: Apparently, throwing the hail mary was
0: not one of those things. <laughs> but that's okay because he did everything else so well. And and I I I don't want it to be lost in the the defensive meltdown. How well he played, and and how much Aaron Jones changes this team, and and I think it's it's a an important caveat. Like the drop-off from Jones to these other running backs. Aaron Jones was 21 for 127, a six-yard per carry average. A.J. Dillon and Patrick Taylor combined on 10 carries for 16 yards. So you go from six yards a carry to 1.6 yards per carry. It's finding a way to extend Aaron Jones to get this, to keep this going and then get a complementary piece, a guy that can actually be useful that isn't just, you know, and A.J. And Dillon, when he was healthy for much of the middle part of the season, had had been pretty good, right? But having someone else that can actually create with some speed. Imagine if they had a back, like Raheem Mostert, that could press these outside runs and get downhill the way Aaron Jones does. Like, how many times did A.J. Dillon try and cut back and just doesn't have the lateral juice to do that? They didn't even need Aaron Jones in the passing game. I can't believe they didn't need Aaron Jones in the passing game. He had three targets. I thought he i thought he kind of dropped one. Tucker Kraft had a drop on the screen. And you had a miss from Jordan Love. That was just a dump off. They didn't even manufacture touches for Aaron Jones in the passing game because they didn't need to because they could do it in the run game. Yeah, they could have had A. Chain. That would have been pretty cool. Are, there's always this year. There's always
1: this year. The offense is very, very,
0: very fun. And it can be like top five in the league. Top five in the league kind of offense when they're healthy. They're a top 10 offense, not healthy. So what this offense can become is pretty special. It's, it's easy to be excited with all of it. And Jordan Love, he's the, he's the driver of it. He's the captain of the ship right now. He is he is slanted, Santa. come on. He is Santa driving the sleigh. You know who isn't Santa right now? You know who should get coal in their stocking? Rich Bisaccio. We're going to talk about him in just a second here as we close up on Locked on Packers.
1: Can someone
0: explain to me like I'm five why Lucas Van Ness is on the punt rush team. Can someone explain that to me? A first round pick. A first round pick. Who needs to develop as a pass
1: rusher. And he is playing.
0: I'm sorry, where? Like, I understand the penalty. Okay. Don't, don't run into the kicker. Soft call, whatever. But if he needs to develop rushing the passer, I want him to focus only on rushing the passer. I don't need him learning how to play and all the nuances of rushing a punter. It's not the same skill. It's not the same thing. And I don't know why you're wasting time doing that. This is, this is the same problem as Joe Barry, putting guys in positions to fail. You're not setting him up to succeed defensively because you want to use him on special teams. That is where Matt Lafleur has to step in and just say, no. It's where Brian Goodikens has to step in and say, no, you cannot do this. This does not make sense.
1: And Andres Carlson,
0: another extra point missed. This was Rich Bisaccia's guy. And we have seen nothing We've seen nothing that suggests to us that Rich Bisaccia is a smart enough evaluator of talent, is an impactful enough coach that he deserves personnel say. We have seen nothing that suggests that that's true. And so for the Packers, you have to rein that in. And it's why, it's why I would if you're going to bring in a new defensive coordinator and you're going to bring in a new defensive coordinator, you can bring in someone like Dennis Allen, for example, who could become your assistant head coach. You demote Rich Bisaccia so that it makes it easier in a year to fire him because this has not worked out. This gambit, he was supposed to change everything. Like we knew Joe Barry was a caretaker defensive coordinator. He was just there to run the same scheme that the Packers wanted and the the players would carry the day. They would be good enough to overcome any lack of creativity from Joe Barry. That has not been true. That is not borne out. But Rich Misacci was supposed to come in and take a bad group and make it better in every possible way. And and it just isn't. It just isn't. Now, it's not Andres Carlson's, you know, it's not Rich Misacci's fault that Andres Carlson can't make a field goal, but it is in, in a way because He wanted Andres Carlson. So that's the part where it is on Rich Passaccio. Okay, I needed to get that off my
1: chest. Last thing here. This Vikings game, upcoming,
0: is for your season. It's for your season against a backup quarterback. This is why, by the way, you have to make the Joe Barry move now
1: give these guys a shot in the arm. And this is this is nut check time.
0: This is the biggest game of the Packers season. That was two weeks ago against the Bucs and the defense no-showed. While the offense didn't, didn't play great either, the offense certainly did their part in this one. So if you're not going to get a great defensive performance, can you get a great offensive performance? Can Jordan Love give you something special? Can Aaron Jones give you something special? Can you get Christian Watson back? Can you get Luke Musgrave back? Probably not. Probably Bears game, best case scenario for them. But this is, your if you beat the Vikings, you all the models, we're talking about better than 60% sh- chance to make the playoffs. If you lose, it's over. Basically over. And that's, in in some ways, it would be okay in the arc of the development of this team because they were not expected to be, they were at seven and a half was the over. I bet it, so I would still like to see them win because I'd like to hit that over. But that's just me being selfish. They were not, they were expected to, they were picked to finish last in the NFC North. So doing it this way it's not the end of the world. We What we needed to see out of this season was that Jordan Love was a potential franchise quarterback and Jordan Love is a potential franchise quarterback. Imagine what he can look like when everyone is healthy, when you continue to add to the talent around him. So there's not much left for the offense to prove. But as a team, you want to see them play complimentary football. You want to see them face down the adversity, the pressure of everything coming down to this game. And now you got to go on the road to a difficult place to play And you got to go get a win. And if you can, then all you got to do is beat the Bears and you have a, you've given yourself a 90 plus percent chance of making the postseason. You can't beat the Bears and have it mean something if you don't beat the Vikings and have it mean something. I don't think the Packers are going to be looking ahead or anything like that, especially after this game. It is the Packers season. You don't have a playoff chance in week 18 if you can't beat the Vikings. So let's see this team come out with some life, some juice, some verve, some punch, some bounce. And go play a complete football game. That's what they need to do.
1: They haven't really done it all season. Here's your chance
0: in the biggest spot of the year. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Right? Um... Christmas is a sharing season. So, you know, I'm celebrating. I hope you are too, whether you celebrate Christmas specifically or not. I hope you get a chance to celebrate. Packers won. It's a beautiful thing. Back tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us on our live streams, we're on YouTube Live right now. Right after the game, well, in this case, I did a, another stream. We do, we, we're live. Come hang out with us so you can stay locked on Packers.